Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Experienced staff at local branches and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody, this is Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and this is your WWE Monday Night Raw results for February 13th. 2021. Now, I saw a lot of you guys on internet, Reddit, and Twitter really complaining um, about this show. And, you know, they have to get ready for Elimination Chamber. They are behind. They are not ready for it. I can't believe they're not ready for it. They know that they have a pay-per-view every month. They need to make decisions. Um, I have said since December, they really need to decide WrestleMania matches and move backwards. Um, telling the stories, uh, you know, starting at Fastlane, or actually starting at Fastlane where, you know, it, it's the ultimate climax of the story that you're waiting for with WrestleMania. Therefore, um, Elimination Chamber, if you're wanting to throw some swerves into the mix or to get people excited, that's what should be done. And then you write who your winners are going to be at Royal Rumble. However... It just seems like that's not what they want to do this year. Um, the Wrestle or the Royal Rumble winners were not decided on until the last minute. Um, they pretty much knew that they wanted to go with Edge, but they weren't a hundred percent. And they finally got to a hundred percent, and it was decided then. About a week, week and a half ago, Edge is definitely taking on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. They know who is going to win. Vince, Bruce, Kevin Dunn, and they think at least two more people know who is going to win. But they are not even telling Edge or Roman yet who's going to win. I'm telling you it's going to be Roman. But anyway... Um, they are still not a hundred percent sure who they want Drew McIntyre to face at WrestleMania, let alone at Elimination Chamber. 
which caused the problem last week. Uh, and they decided to put five people in the elimination chamber that were former champions and put Drew McIntyre inside of the elimination chamber defending his belt. Um, that's when the rumor started that they could possibly have Sheamus beat Drew McIntyre and Drew McIntyre actually win the belt back at his rematch at Fastlane and then go to WrestleMania. Whether they choose to do that or not, it, I don't know. For someone to suggest that, I think it's stupid, but whatever. The thing that I think is completely outrageous, they are not even really dealing with Bianca Belair at all. Um, They're sending her around to Raw and SmackDown to talk to Asuka, to talk to Sasha Banks, to create some friction, but not really to do anything else. I think most people assume that she is going to take on Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I think Sasha Banks says that she's going to do that. We're going to have to wait and see. As of right now, Bianca Belair has not even been talked about for Elimination Chamber. And neither has Sasha Banks. So, are they getting the night off? And what is Asuka doing? So, um, we're, you know, going to have to follow along with this. But, and I don't understand why, they have decided for tonight's Raw, because they don't have anything else, that they're going to have a gauntlet match. And in this gauntlet match will be the five former WWE champions, plus Drew McIntyre. And whoever wins it gets to come out last, which is a huge advantage. But having a gauntlet match with six people takes a while. And it has to be put together correctly, or it can get tedious and boring, especially if you have wrestlers in it that are not charismatic, are not able to get the crowds involved. And by crowd, I mean video screens and people at home. So we're going to have to really, really, you know, get the lay of the land here. Um, the only other segment that they announced ahead of time, and they announced fairly last minute, was that we're going to get Ms. TV. Uh, they didn't announce his guest, which they usually do to drum up viewers. People were assuming that they are going to continue the Damien Priest Bad Bunny storyline. 
The only problem with that is you're going to wear it out. But two, if that is his guest, then why wouldn't you announce Bad Bunny since he is selling a half million dollars worth of merchandise and people are supposedly extremely interested in him? Um, And then, you know, people were automatically assuming we're going to get Charlotte Ric Flair and Lacey Evans, uh, Retribution in the New Day, and then, of course, Riddle, Keith Lee, and Bobby Lashley. And as I was reading all this, I was just like, I don't know that I particularly went to see a whole lot of this. But as the show starts, we get Miz TV. Can I tell you how excited I got? Because when Miz come out, he was alone. There was no John Morrison. He said that John Morrison wasn't there because he is off working on a Bad Bunny disc track. Well, that is fine with me. He can go do that for a couple months for all I care. He can put out one uh, a week. I think it's funny that last Wednesday I reported that the claim put out a diss track on um, Chris Jericho and MJF, and now John Morrison is putting out a diss track against Bad Bunny. Yes, I know Ms. Morrison have come up with songs before. They haven't been any good. Um, But I was a little shocked that Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, was actually his guest. Um... And Miz, of course, sucked up to him and talked about how he had defeated Goldberg and Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar and and all of that. And then, you know, he said, however, this coming Sunday, he will have to defeat five former champions, which isn't necessarily true. If Drew is the last one to come out, one of those champions may only be there to meet him. Um, you know, they may have gotten rid of each other. Now, if he's first to come out, then yes, he may have to face all five. But it depends on his spot how many of them he has to face. And Miz doesn't really, I don't know, say that. But he does bring up again how, how you know, Drew let down his guard and let Seamus turn on him. Well, that really wasn't Drew's fault either. Uh, Drew didn't let Seamus turn on him. That was all Seamus's decision. And he wants to ask Drew, you know, how he's feeling, but doesn't really give him a chance to answer. And finally, McIntyre Tells him to shut up. Um, Miz apologizes, but then he keeps going. And Drew looks at him and says, look, this is your last warning. Do not interrupt me again. And he said that he is sick and tired and, of course, 
Miz can't help himself, and he has to start talking. So, uh, Drew greets him with a Glasgow kiss, a headbutt, and sends him reeling. And then the next thing I am marking out about, because I love it, that Drew McIntyre, every time he sees that money in the bank briefcase, picks it up and wings that thing. And he hit the stage this time. I wanted him to hit the video screen again, but he didn't. He winged it to the stage, and then he took his title, and he left. I kind of wish he would have taken the briefcase. Like, when he got up there, he would have picked it up and just took it with him so that we could have saw Miz's reaction. But uh, Miz takes this as Drew has cracks in his armor and that, you know, somebody needs to take advantage of this and one of those four or five former champions are likely to do that. And then he says he doesn't have that kind of pressure because he has the money in the bank briefcase. I wanted to point out, no, you really don't because it's on the stage. But, you know, he didn't. And he said that he's thinking on another level way above everyone, that he's a master strategist, and that Edge wants to talk about raising the stakes. So he has decided he is going to officially remove himself from the elimination chamber. And they go to commercial. And so when they go to commercial, I'm immediately sitting there thinking, why? Why would you do that? Why would you not be a part of the elimination chamber? And if you got eliminated, that when someone goes to eliminate Drew McIntyre, if they can get knock him out unconscious or they can pin him, why would you not then cash in your briefcase? You would be right there and you could cash it in and win it. Or if somebody else wins the title, you could be right there to cash in on them. You would get two chances. Or you could be in the elimination chamber and cash in after Fastlane. It it doesn't make any sense. But then we come back and we see Matt Riddle with the Lucha House Party and we're getting Riddle and the Lucha House Party versus the Hurt Business. But Bobby Lashley is backstage. Does that make any sense to you? It makes zero sense to me. Why would Bobby Lashley be backstage? Under normal circumstances, you would put him at the announcer desk. You can't do that because Bobby Lashley can't talk. He he can't think of things on the fly. But the least he could have been was ringside. And they could have said, oh, he, he's scouting and doesn't want to talk to us or whatever. 
But instead, he's backstage. So it's MVP Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander taking on the Lucha House Party and Matt Riddle. This um, match is garbage. I don't know any other way of putting it. You guys can write me if you can think of another way of putting it. But it was a hot mess. It was absolutely garbage. Um, and like I said, I, I don't even know how else to describe it. The issue is MVP gets hurt. I found that out after Raw. So, since I still had Raw on my DVR, I rewound it, and rewound it, and rewound it, and I can't find exactly when he got hurt, unless it was at the very end. Um, but it looks like MVP either came off the apron wrong and jammed his knee, or when he was in the ring, came off the ring ropes or off of a slam, and came and jammed his knee. Um, But I hope to find out more and have it for Tuesday's news and thoughts. But there were reports, because when you're... In the Thunderdome, they don't kick you out during commercial. You continue to get to see things. Um, People were reporting that MVP had to be helped, um, that he was limping, and that he had to be helped from the ring. And every time the camera would switch to them walking, then MVP would put his arms down and try to act normal, try not to sell it, try not to let anyone know about it. However, with the camera panning all over the place, then you could see after the camera close-up that he again would have to be helped and he was limping and couldn't put hardly any weight on his knee whatsoever. So um, that's something that we're really going to have to watch. Then you see um, Miz talking to Adam Pearce backstage, and he thanks him for allowing him to be in the Elimination Chamber, and he wants some up-and-comer to take his spot. And who that is, is he wants it to go to John Morrison. And I was like, what? Are you nuts? Yes, John Morrison is an outstanding athlete. He's an outstanding wrestler. He was an ECW champion. Um, I think he was an Impact World champion. Um, He has a lot of things on his resume, However, the way he has been portrayed, 
uh, we were talking last week about how could Cesaro make a comeback after the way he has been treated as a mid-carder and a jobber. Well, John Morrison fits the same profile. Can John Morrison come back from being treated that way and being uh, portrayed that way? I don't think so. He doesn't deserve, based on what he's been doing the last six months to a year. Think about it. Last WrestleMania, they were doing tag team crap, and then they spent the next three months or four months in a battle with Braun Strowman, where they were taking him on on two-on-one handicap situations for the world championship and couldn't win. He doesn't deserve to be in this this match whatsoever. Then we see Mandy Rouge backstage with Bad Bunny. She's flirting with him. Um, number one, he's gross. Not as gross as Otis. But I'm starting to believe that Mandy Rose has really bad taste. Um, Damian Priest comes up and they start talking Spanish and joke around. And Sarah comes up to interview them and asks, you know, how they're feeling and everything. And he said, he's great. I debuted at the Royal Rumble, I've had a couple matches, and I'm hanging out with Saturday Night Live's musical guest this week, which is Bad Bunny. Well, then we see coming around the corner, Akira Tozawa and R-Truth. Akira Tozawa pins R-Truth and is the 24-7 champion, and as he's running away from R-Truth, Damien Priest grabs him and slams him into the production boxes, crates that are always around. And then tells Bad Bunny to cover Tazawa. So now Bad Bunny is the 24-7 champion. I'm going to assume that he's going to wear that on Saturday Night Live. That R-Truth is going to come and take it away from him. That's the only thing I can assume. It's going to be ridiculous, but, you know, oh well. We then get New Day. Kofi and Xavier walking up to Pierce and say, are you being serious about putting John Morrison in the Elimination Chamber? Because he hasn't ever been the champion, and I thought the whole thing of this was that you had to be a champion. Kofi brings up that, you know, he is a more recent champion than a lot of the champions that are there and that he needs to be put in the match. Miz comes up and argues with him and then, of course, Pierce is like, y'all need to shut up. This is stupid. Then he makes a match I have no desire to see and don't understand why he would make. He makes a match that Kofi versus Miz. And if Kofi wins, then he 
gets to be in the Elimination Chamber and in the Gauntlet match tonight, which means he would have two matches. If Miz wins, then John Morrison gets to be in the Elimination Chamber, and Miz gets to be in two matches tonight for John Morrison. Why not just say John Morrison hasn't been a champion? That's a qualification. So Miz, you can either stay in it or I'm giving it to Kofi. Why do you have to make a match? And why does it have to be a match between a tag team guy, which is Kofi Kingston, and Miz, who you've made into a tag team guy? I don't want to see this. This is stupid. Um, Then they talk about how Asuka and Charlotte Flair are going to take on Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. Are they a tag team again? I thought they split up. We haven't seen Peyton Royce forever. We talked about that last week. Are they listening to this podcast and and they heard us say that, you know, Peyton Royce hasn't been around and, and they need to use her? Um, because I don't get this. I know Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair have an issue. They kind of need to get over it and settle it because I'm pretty much done with it. Having Asuka be a tag team partner is a waste of her talent. I love her and Charlotte being a tag team. If they take on other tag teams that have their caliber. I wish Sasha and Bailey were still tag team champs and could take them on. I wouldn't mind Charlotte and um, Oscar taking on Nia and Shayna. That's fine. But come on. Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce? Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce are not even good as good as the Iconics. I don't know that Lacey Evans is as good of a tag team partner as Billy Kay. She is awful as a tag team partner. And... So this is ridiculous. Um, You know, Charlotte goes to the ring. Lacey has to come out, cut a promo, and talk about how Charlotte, she knows, is heartbroken. And she brought her some sweetheart candy since Valentine's Day was yesterday. And it says, bite me. Well, We catch Charlotte rolling her eyes, and I thought, well, that right there takes the cake, because I was rolling mine, too. I imagine Asuka wanted to crawl under the ring, but Lacey Evans continues her awful promo and talks about how Asuka will be giving her a gift next Sunday as she takes her on at Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Really, Lacey? That's what you're going to be doing next Sunday? You're taking on Asuka at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view? Really? Well, we start the match because they bring Peyton out, and this match is 
absolutely garbage. It is almost as big a garbage as Riddle Lucha House Party versus uh, Hurt Business. Awful. Lacey Evans is hiding behind the ring post. Ric Flair is trying to hide her. Charlotte is trying to make Peyton Royce tap her in, and Lacey flies down the stairs so that Peyton Royce can't reach her. So Charlotte and Asuka proceed to torture Peyton Royce. Then, finally, um, Charlotte goes out and because Lacey was talking to Ric Flair and whispering, she was distracted. And Peyton, who has taken a beating, just tags her and is like, dude, get in here. I'm done. They're beating the crap out of me. These are the two, two of the best women's wrestlers in WWE, maybe in WWE history, and they are absolutely beating the crap out of me. You need to get in here and take some of this. Well, Lacey doesn't want anything to do with this. She goes up the ramp, and somehow has a microphone. Charlotte doesn't care and is trying to come after her, you know, or getting ready to. She's getting ready to come out of the ring. Lacey announces, I'm pregnant. Ric Flair woos, struts around ringside, woos some more, celebrates Charlotte is looking at both of them like they're crazy. Um, Of course, Lacey doesn't say it is Ric Flair's kid, because it's not. But um, Ric Flair is doing his little woo dance, and Charlotte, I know, has to be thinking, y'all just told me this was platonic, and I don't understand this. Um... But Rick proceeds to just dance on up the ramp. Well, after that is made, they decide to stop the match. Why? Yeah, you heard me right. Why? Remember when Charlotte Flair got mad and left Asuka in the triple threat? They didn't stop the match. Asuka continued. Why didn't Peyton Royce? Because they got out what they needed to get out. That Lacey Evans was pregnant. We didn't need a match to do that. We also didn't need Lacey Evans to come down the ramp giving Charlotte candy and telling Asuka that she'd be taking on her Sunday and that Asuka would be giving her the gift of her championship belt because that was a big old lie since Lacey Evans already knew she was pregnant and wasn't going to be taking on Asuka. Just, this is what I'm talking about. 
WWE thinks we're all stupid. And it's craziness. They interview Seamus, and I agree with him. He doesn't think that they need to be part of Elimination Chamber. He thinks that him and Drew McIntyre need to settle this one-on-one, not with four others running around. That he actually accepted Drew's offer of a title match two weeks ago before they even thought about this Elimination Chamber, and that this is nuts. But then he says, look, I will play the cards that are dealt, and I will win tonight. I will be last, and I will have the best odds of winning. Okay. Cool. They go to commercial break, and we get another hot mess match. Between The Miz and Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods. What does Xavier Woods do during the match? Uh, play the trombone. Because remember, Xavier has been taken on retribution. He's actually been having to work for his check. Because remember, when the New Day was three, it was usually Kofi Kingston and Big E in the matches that counted while Xavier played his little trombone and marched around and shook people's hands, threw pancakes, and dumped cereal all over the place. So he has taken advantage of Kofi doing all the work in this singles match, and Xavier, again, has the stupid trombone and is playing it and dancing around. Because really... That's what Xavier Woods wants to do in the WWE. He wants to play his trombone. He wants to have up, up, down, down on WWE Network TV with WWE superstars. Make money that way. And he doesn't want to have to get in that wrestling ring. He had that Achilles heel injury and it hurt. And he wants to play the trombone. Um, Miz is the heel in this one, and he plays it better than I've seen him recently with John Morrison. He pulls Kofi's dreads, um, he is trying to do a uh, skull-crushing finale, he hid behind the referee, um, I mean, he did all kinds of stuff like that. But this really went on too long. You've got to think that um, it started right after a commercial break. There was a commercial break in it, and then they have a Randy Orton promo, which we'll talk about in just a second. And it wasn't; it was like two minutes long, three minutes long, and then they go to another commercial break. That's how long their match was. It was a good 15, 18-minute match. It did not need to be that long. It was garbage. Um, Kofi Kingston, of course, uh, hit the trouble in paradise and won the match. The only issue is, is now he gets to go through the gauntlet match, which is what he did 
in 2019 in order to earn his spot in uh, WrestleMania. And even Xavier and Big E had to go through a gauntlet match. They are replaying history. Um, oh, my notes got out of order. Um, Randy Orton's promo's not right now. It is Lana and Naomi. Um, and they are talking about how Lana is getting a lot of help from Naomi. Naomi has been her best friend and her lucky charm. Um, and she talks about how Naya makes her better. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Especially when they bring up the hole again. But then they announce Lana is taking on Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I want to let that sink in. Lana's taking on Shayna Baszler. Nap, tap, or snap. Um, there is no way Lana needs to last 45 seconds with Shayna Baszler. But she does. When we come back from commercial break, then we get the Randy Orton promo where he talks about how his and Drew's business is left unfinished. They were supposed to finish it last week, but Seamus got involved, and he doesn't like that. He doesn't approve of it, but he'll run the gauntlet, and he will get the best odds of winning the championship against Drew at Elimination Chamber. Um, and he said that to get what he wants, he doesn't allow anything to stand in his way. Well, then, as he's talking, he gets interrupted. It's Alexa. She's back. And she's in the Firefly Funhouse. Which I immediately questioned. Why is she not on Alexa's playground? I don't know why she was in the Firefly Funhouse. She has her eyes closed and then eventually uh, looks up, opens them, and they're this weird uh, blackish blue collar. And she talks and does the whole ashes to ashes, dust to dust, saying that a lot of people do. And she smiles into the camera and talks about how he will be reborn. And then the camera backs out. As the camera backs out, she's sitting inside in the middle of a star with lit candles on the points. And then you um, see wind blowing her hair a little bit and a red 
light flashes on her, blowing all the candles out. And Alexa Bliss laughs absolutely crazily. I immediately got on Twitter. And people were going nuts. When I say nuts, I mean nuts. They couldn't believe Vince McMahon had taken Alexa Bliss's character to this. And by this, they meant being in the funhouse, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, lighting the candle, setting it on the point of the star, and everyone online was calling it a pentagram. And then her talking about him being reborn. That they could not believe that Vince McMahon was bringing Satanism into the WWE. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's just stop, talk. Number one. He's done this before. What do you think The Undertaker a lot of times did or called on um, Kane? Um, Aleister Black's um, name in his graphics and the tattoos he has on his body are Illuminati. Um, he has told people in interviews and podcasts that he has Illuminati signals or uh, signs, satanic signs. The other thing is Satanism as a religion is the belief in nothing. It's not really the belief in Satan that was uh, portrayed by Aleister Crowley. Um, the next thing is, you didn't throw a fit two, three years ago when Alexa Bliss was called the Goddess. That was her nickname a couple years ago. They even used it two weeks, three weeks ago, when she took on Nikki Cross. Remember, she turned into her original character, the character that was best friends with Nikki Cross. And they told you that was Alexa Bliss, the goddess. You guys didn't throw a fit then. Um, the next thing is, is the pentagram is an upside-down Star of David. And, yes, it has been used for evil throughout history, but it has also been used for good throughout history. It's an upside-down Star of David, and 
a lot of people believe that it is the sign of the goat. The two points of the star that are sticking up are its ears. And then you have its chin is the one star point down. And then the two star points on the side is the goat's hair that's kind of sticking out. If you watch that scene, Alexa Bliss was not sitting in an upside-down Star of David. She was actually sitting in the middle of the Star of David. If you noticed, the top point was one point. It wasn't a pentagram. It was a star. And she was sitting in the middle of it. Now, did Alexa Bliss not want to sit in an upside-down star in a pentagram? I don't know. But she was sitting in a star. And did they film it wrong? I don't know. Did they mean to film it the way they filmed it? I don't know. Will that come out later? I don't know. But, guys, chill. The Fiend is a bad guy. I know you guys like him and have turned him babyface, but he's technically supposed to be a heel. And since Alexa Bliss is with him, she's technically supposed to be a heel, too. So, after we've talked about that, let's continue on the string of hot mess garbage matches. Because we get Shayna Baszler versus uh, Lana. And, of course, in Lana's corner, she has Naomi. And then Nia Jax is in Shayna Baszler's corner. Like I said, this match... Needed to be about 45 seconds. Shayna Baszler should have did a kick chop to her legs, knocking her feet out from underneath her, and jumping on her and putting her in the clutch and putting her asleep. It should have been that easy for an MMA fighter of Shayna Baszler's caliber. But because they can't allow her to be big and bad and a monster like she is, then they don't. She shows a lot of different submission moves. She does neck cranks. She uh, jams her elbows. She does um, a stretch muffler. Um, She kicks her in the back of the head. Um, It, I don't know, it was painful to watch. Lana finally punches her and hits a crossbody. Yeah, you heard me right, a crossbody, because it's so painful. She attempted a head kick, but Shayna hit her with her own head kick. And it just, I don't know. Naya and Naomi start 
brawling, and of course Naya gets the best of her, and slams her into the apron, then in the barricade, but then Naomi drops kicks Naya, which I can buy, because Naomi is a heck of an athlete. Um, Naomi then kicks Baszler. Why did the referee not see that? It didn't. It didn't occur to him that Naomi's not supposed to kick Shayna. But um, Na- uh, Lana ends up rolling up Shayna, and I thought, oh, they're gonna let Lana win. No, no. Um, Basler drills. Lana with a knee, and then gets her in the clutch, and Lana taps. So, they did the right thing, allowing Shayna to win. But this match was way too long. I mean, way too long. We finally get to see Braun Strowman, and he is confronting Adam Pearce. And I don't blame him. Um, I am glad to see Braun back after his blood infection... Um, he, I guess, really had a hard time getting rid of this blood infection that he got and lost 15 pounds in like five days. He was in some seriously bad shape, had to take some strong antibiotics. And he, of course, is questioning Adam Pierce, why is he not in the elimination chamber? Now, Adam Pierce tries to ignore him, and Braun stops him. And Pierce says, well, technically, you're not a former WWE champion. Really? Neither was John Morrison, but you let Miz and Kofi have a match about it. So you're going to play technicalities with Braun, but not John Morrison? Again, WWE, you don't make sense. So Braun informs him, I was a universal champion. And Pierce said, well, uh, okay. And uh, Braun says, look, you need to go find Shane, and you need to make things right. Or it's not going to be real pretty around here. So then they start the gauntlet match. Well, I'm not going to go completely into this. I'm, I'm just not. We've had too many hot mess garbage matches. Every single one of them has been. This gauntlet match is too long. Yes, there are certain parts of it that are unbelievably great. There are certain parts of it that are awesome. There are certain parts of it that are awful and garbage and never should have happened. And two people never should have been in the ring together. But we start out with AJ Styles bringing almost... And Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods and his stupid trumpet. 
finally uh we get AJ Styles hitting the forearm and out comes through McIntyre. I'm going to go ahead and tell you I was marking out. They their section AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, who is what I have been saying needs to be the WrestleMania match. If you're not going to let Edge take on Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles needs to be that person. If watching that, Bruce Pritchard Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, whoever else needs to see it, Shane McMahon, TJ Wilson, Joey Mercury, whoever did not see the chemistry and how good they were together in this little gauntlet match. I don't know what else AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre can do. Now, Drew McIntyre pulls it off and then takes on Jeff Hardy. But AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre's section of this was unbelievable. We get Drew McIntyre, like I said, versus Jeff Hardy. Of course, um, Drew McIntyre takes care of Jeff Hardy. And then out comes Randy Orton. Randy, um, this part was the mess. You knew something was going to happen. You didn't know what. You knew last week when I told you in the the results and thoughts last week that I kept looking around for Alexis. We got Seamus. This week, we get Alexis. Because Orton and Drew McIntyre end up out of the ring. Uh, Orton slams Drew McIntyre into the steps. And then throws him back into the ring. As Randy Orton is getting ready to get back into the ring, the lights start turning on and off. Randy Orton knows this is a signal, and Alexa Bliss's face appears on every screen individually in the whole entire Thunderdome. Including the one above that is the scoreboard for um, the baseball team. She's on the big screen up at the ramp on the stage. And he is looking around like, what is going on? She starts laughing. And, of course, he looks behind the barricade because that's where the fiend was at once. While he's doing all this, he gets counted out. Yes, you heard me right. Alexa Bliss appeared on the TV screens, and Randy Orton, a veteran of 20 years and a 13 or 14 time world champion, got counted out. So Seamus is last, and, um, Drew is ready for Seamus. He's staring up the ramp as Seamus' music hits. Only Seamus comes in from behind, because that's what they always do. 
and a toxin. So we get Drew McIntyre at the end versus Seamus. And they go at it. The issue is there's not very much time left. So this part of the show cannot be as long as the 15 to 18 minute Kofi versus The Miz um, ordeal that we had, which I think is a crying shame. But Seamus wins. Drew is devastated. Seamus celebrates. And that's how the show ends. And if you do not know what the words of the show are, it is hot mess garbage. And this was the go-home show for the Elimination Chamber. And here's what we know. Drew will be inside the Elimination Chamber with five other champions. And you're saying, Sam, I already knew that. Yeah, I know. Seamus will be the last pod to come out. You didn't know that one. They could have told us, but they showed us. Lacey Evans is pregnant and her match with Asuka for the Women's Championship, which is the only women's match on the whole entire show, has now been canceled. We're getting Matt Riddle... Versus Bobby Lashley, but we don't know about Keith Lee because we didn't see him. And that's what they told us this show. That's what we learned about the Elimination Chamber. How about that? How about that for three hours? Garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. If you guys disagree, you need to write me. If you have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, let me know. Write me at WrestlingOvertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WrestlingOvertime. Let me know what you guys think of this. I will talk to you soon, and I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.